Welcome to the Open to Hope Show in partnership with the Compassionate Friends. I'm your host, Dr. Heidi Horsley, with my mom and co-host, Dr. Gloria Horsley. Hi, Mom. Hi, Heidi. Uh, it's great to talk to you today. I'm out here in California, and I know you're in New York, and uh, I'm not sure where our guest is. We've got to find out from her, but um, she's a great guest, and uh, I, I want you to tell everybody all about her so we can just get on with the show because she's just full of information. She really is, Mom, and she's had a lot of life adversity and tragedy, and she has found hope again. And we are going to be talking to Laura Deal today about rebuilding your life after tragedy strikes. Laura Deal is an author, teacher, speaker, and founder of Crown of Glory Ministries, traveling to more than a dozen nations. After the death of her oldest daughter, Laura, she and her husband, Dave, founded GPS Hope, Grieving Parents Sharing Hope, to help parents navigate the swirling black waters of grief and come to a place of hope and life again. Laura is the author of the book, When Tragedy Strikes, Rebuilding Your Life with Hope and Healing After the Death of Your Child. Welcome to the show, Laura. Thank you. Glad to be here. Hi, Laura. It's so good to have you on. And oh my gosh, Heidi and I are just blown away, I, you know, by all the things that have happened in your life and, and what you've gone on to do. I mean, uh, the death of your daughter. How many years ago uh, was it that your daughter, Laura, died? Uh, it was uh, well. It's actually Rebecca. <laughs> I mean, I'm excuse me, Rebecca. I was here. saying Laura. You, yeah, yeah Rebecca. Yeah. I have a daughter, Rebecca, <laughs> That's too. Okay. Yeah, um, just over four years. She died in October wow. of 2011. Wow, that is a short time in our grief and loss world, just four years. How old was she? She was 29, and mm. when she passed, she was married, and she had, um, her daughter had just turned nine years old. Oh, wow. Now, is she the one that had cancer? Yes, when she was three years old. Wow. Mm-hmm. So she really went a long time with that bone cancer. Well, yeah, what happened was um, she it was bone cancer, and so when she was three years old, she had her left leg amputated um, because the, bo- the cancer had already destroyed the bone, and then she went through nine months of chemotherapy. And um, depending on the cancer, um, bone cancer is not like remission, like leukemia. It's like you either have it or you don't. Um, and so with her, what happened was one of the chemo drugs that they used for children at the time um, they still use the drug, but they use it differently. They found out later, long-term uh, effects were heart was heart damage, and so we had her tested in her early teen years. And yes, this this drug from when she was three had done some heart damage to her, and so that's kind of what started um, the many years of of heart issues, um, uh-huh. which is eventually what ended her life. So it's you know. One of those things that what saved her life at three did the heart damage and what, what caused her life to end at 29. Wow. wow. Now, Laura, did she give birth to her nine-year-old daughter? She did. Um, it was She was given a 50-50 chance of surviving her um, labor and delivery wow. because of the stress that it would put on the heart. Mm-hmm. And they just had no, absolutely no idea um, what her heart was going to do. Um, and so it didn't matter if it was a vaginal or a cesarean, each way has a different stress on the heart. And she actually lived in the hospital for probably about two and a half months because of her heart. They kept her there. Um, because obviously if her heart went, they had an immediate, you know, need to get the baby out. Right. The the reason I asked that is because I have a daughter that's adopted. And when I saw her health history, I thought, I am blown away that she was able to get pregnant and have a baby. That's incredible. Mm, Right. Absolutely yep. incredible, given yep. that she went through chemo and, and all that. 
Mm-hmm. Now, how long yeah. has it been since your your husband died uh, at an early age? Uh, for, oh, no, he he, had, he didn't. No, he didn't die. Oh, he didn't he die had, after no, the death of the he didn't. But he was got, only forty. He was only forty eight years old, and um, was having some issues. He went in to get checked, mm-hmm. and they decided he had some heart issues, and. He ended up with quadruple bypass surgery at 48. Wow. Okay, so um, I yeah, had very uh, young. Had, yeah, we had something in the bio, but he's fine and and doing this uh, grieving parents sharing hope uh, organization mm-hmm. with you. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yep. That's amazing. Oh, fabulous. Well, I we need to. I want to move on with you because you have got so much wisdom. Because you were born, you were a pastor's kid, as you said, and <laughs> yes. grew up in that family, a pastor's family, and. Wow, you really go into it on your site. You got pregnant when you were 18. You got kicked out of the house by your mom and dumped by your boyfriend. And then talked about your daughter dying and your oldest son having problems. And then your mm-hmm. husband had bypass surgery. And you have just gone on to do amazing things. Even after, how long did it take you to um, be able to go out and talk about your daughter and, and deal with that? Oh, boy, that's a good question. Um, You know, I think I pretty much did right away, and I think some of that is just because of the numbness and the shock. Um, When she went through the the deal with having her baby, when they took her back to have the baby, I found myself crying in my husband's arms, and I said, I don't get why I'm crying because – in my heart, deep within me, I know that I know that I know that I trust God. Whatever happens, I know I, I trust God with whatever this outcome is, so I don't get why I'm crying. And he hit it on the head. He said, because we don't know what direction we're going to have to trust him for. Mm, I like uh, that. Yeah, And I, I think too. that has really kind of, you know, through everything, kind of been a, a, a something that I've come back to over and over again and and that you know God I at a very young age I, I trusted him with my life and a lot of people will say well how could you do that you've been through so much how come you know God didn't God allowed all this and um, I, I don't have the answer for that I believe I will someday but um, but I still trust him and I um, a lot of people talk about religion being a crutch for me, God is my wheelchair. <laughs> uh, I like, like crutch, that. crutch nothing, you know. <laughs> I, I need him for everything. Um, now, and now, and he ha- he's gotten me through. Um, yeah. just now, by talking his about that strong blood. faith, let me ask you this. Was there a time, looking at your history, say when you got pregnant, your mother kicked you out, uh, those kind of things, was there a time when you questioned God, or were you always feeling that faith? You know, um I, as I look back, for some reason, I don't know why, but I can't really think of a time where I have just, like, turned my back in God and said, forget you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I know a lot of people do that, and I, I don't know why I haven't. Um, I've been angry at him. You know, there's no question about that. But for some reason, I've always known within me to be, to turn my back on God would be to turn my back on the one thing that could get me through this, whatever it is I'm going through. You know, that's um, really and, interesting because I think people think that when they're angry at God that they're turning their back on God, but that isn't true, is it? If you're angry, no, it's something. No, it is not. Then you're and not I turning think sometimes, mm-hmm. 
I had my daughter one time, um, she was very angry at God for some things that our family was dealing with and whatever. And, and um, you know, she said she was even swearing at God, blah, 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 and, and that she didn't believe in God anymore. You know, she was trying to figure all that out if she really did believe in God. And, and I just had to smile because I thought, you know, I knew she would come back to that faith, and she has very much so. But my thought was, you you know because you know he's safe <laughs> to be angry at him to to be angry at him to yell at him whatever to me it's like it's safe to do that because god gets it mm-hmm. he understands our emotions and our anger and our frustration and all that stuff and so to me it's safe to be angry at god i, I can't really explain it but but um, it's okay to be angry at him. Well, and we've had people on saying God has strong shoulders. God can handle it. Yes, very much so. So um, you go around and speak all over the world. Tell us uh, what is the message that you want to bring to the people that are listening to this show today who have lost someone and are in deep grief or might be angry, hurt, uh, in shock, whatever. I really think the biggest message is there's hope. There's always hope. And I a lot of it, um, there's a, a shift in our mindset that has to happen. There's forgiveness that desperately needs to happen um, because we get angry at so many people, especially when a child dies. Um, we can even be angry at the person that died. That sounds crazy. But we can be angry at them for leaving them or angry Mm -hmm. at them for, like, I have a friend who lost her son at, I think he was 19, and it was a car accident, single car accident, driving too fast. And, you know, she was always telling him, stop driving so fast. I don't want to lose you someday. And so she was angry at him because she that's exactly what happened. Well, Um, well, Laura, with with that in mind, I agree with you. And, you know, my brother was a passenger in the car. And mm. I still, when he died, I still felt like he had abandoned me. And I felt uh-huh. like he had left me in a grieving family that I didn't recognize. And I didn't want to be in that family. I just wanted to be in the family that I used to have, the one exactly. that wasn't grieving. Mm-hmm. And so you really, you know, I think everybody has to walk through, consciously forgive everybody involved. Forgive, you know, anybody and everyone who had anything to do with that person's death. Um, for me, there was a, um, actually a doctor that was involved that made a statement to my daughter that um, changed her whole mindset, and she basically gave up. Wow. Um, and it was shortly after that that, that she passed. What was the statement um, that he made, Laura? Well, she needed a heart transplant, mm-hmm. and um, she couldn't get on the transplant list because she was overweight. Now, having one leg makes you somewhat immobile. She grew up with a prosthesis, but as her heart was causing problems, you hang on to fluid, which makes you swell up. She couldn't wear her leg, and it just it just um, snowballed on her to where she had all this weight gain because she became more and more immobile. And um, so they could not give her a heart until she lost about 60 pounds mm-hmm. um, because obvious, I guess, obvious reasons, you know, you're getting a new heart, your heart's got to be able to handle your body. Um, and so um, how do you lose weight when you're immobile, you know, those kinds of things. And so they finally brought someone in. They were actually looking at the possibility of doing like a stomach stapling type thing. Mm-hmm. And this doctor came in and said, you know, if you wanted to lose weight, you really could. I could lock you up in a room and feed you nothing but bread and water, and you would lose the weight. 
Mm-hmm. And from that point on, she quit eating. She wouldn't even, like, take her protein drinks. So the heart's uh. a muscle. It has to have protein. Wow. And so I, you know, I had a hard time not in my head blaming that doctor right. for what he said to her because her thing was, okay, I'm going to lose weight. If I don't eat, I'll lose weight. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I can get the heart. So, yeah, so, so that was my example. How did you How did you do that? How did you get to the point where you you know, gave forgiveness or whatever. Mm-hmm. How does that work? You know, it's interesting because it really is a choice, and it's not, it's not a choice based on feelings. And there's a book, it, it's uh, fairly popular, and they're making it into a movie. It's called The Shack. And I've read that book probably four or five times. Now, a lot of people, um, people that are Christians or very religious, have a hard time with that book. For me, it, it was a book that just... Um, spoke a lot of things to me in a lot of different areas, but one of the areas was on forgiveness, and, and this man has a daughter that's murdered. Now, this book came out way before I lost my daughter, so it became even more um, meaningful to me after I lost her. Um, but he had to forgive the man that murdered his daughter, and he started by just saying the words, I forgive you, I forgive you, I forgive you, and he didn't feel it in his heart, mm-hmm. but he mm-hmm. said the words anyway. And that's really what I tell people to do is say it out loud over and over again. If you have to say it a hundred times a day, say it a hundred times a day. At some point, the reality of the words, it's like, it's like, the, like love. When, when you, true love isn't based on an emotion. It's based on a commitment. You know, I'm going to love you no matter how I feel about you, marriage. You know, I'm committed to you. There may be times I don't like you, but I'm going to love you. I'm committed to you, um, and I'm going to stay in this marriage until that love is there again. And it's I, I, I see forgiveness the same way. You know, Laura, when you, talk, yeah, when you talk about forgiveness, just let me say it really rings for me, and I'm sure it does for Heidi, because one of the things we've been looking at with some doctors and experts in the field is changing the brain chemistry. And one of the things that we know is gratitude. If you express simple gratitude every day for a few minutes, it actually changes your brain chemistry. And I would guess that saying, I forgive, I forgive, I forgive, would do that. Wouldn't you think, Heidi? Yeah, I would. I was thinking the same thing. Or if you you don't feel good in the morning, if you start thinking about positive things and running gratitude, Mm -hmm. like you said, Mom, or positive thoughts in your head, it can shift the way you feel, even if you don't believe it and buy into it immediately. It still can shift it over time. And and another thing is if you smile, even though Mm -hmm. you're not happy, it also changes your brain chemistry. Yeah. And you can put a pencil in your mouth, which causes you to smile and hold it there, and it will change your chemistry. Yeah, because it's t- those muscles are telling you, okay, you're smiling, uh, and there's it's saying to your mind, to your brain, I feel good. Mm-hmm. I think God made our bodies so amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> if we just learn how they work. You know, I've heard of people at night, and I did this for a while, too, is um, keeping a little notebook by your bed. And when you go to bed at night, write down three to five things that you're thankful for before you go to sleep every night. And so is that one of the things you did when Rebecca died? Because she's only been gone for four years, and it sounds like you've you've found hope and healed during those four years. Mm -hmm. Is that that correct? Um, You know, I... I personally, um, I ended up in a lot of isolation, 
And I, I think a lot of my hope and healing just came from, for me, just resting in the arms of God and just crying when I needed to cry, being angry when I needed to be angry. I mean, I just, I would just have it out with God. Whatever I was feeling in my emotions is exactly what I would tell him. And then I would pause and I would, I would listen in my spirit because I believe God talks to us spirit to spirit. And so I've learned how to listen to God's voice in my spirit. And so I would like just lay it all out there and cry or whatever, and then just listen or, or allow him to, to allow myself to feel his love just cover me. Um, and so I, you know, I, for me, a lot of my healing came through just being alone and being honest with exactly how I felt for the moment and then letting God touch me in whatever area that was that I was feeling. Uh, okay, Laura, you know what I love about this? I have a lot of clients that are grieving, and I notice what they do is they judge themselves. I'm not uh-huh. doing this right, and I'm not doing that. I'm not crying enough, or I'm crying too much, or I'm too angry, or I'm not angry enough. And what you're saying, in, in a sense, is just allow yourself to be... And don't judge it. Just love on yourself and exactly. be compassionate with yourself and be supportive yes. with yourself. Aren't you yes, hearing that too, definitely. Mom? Now, could, uh, we're getting towards the end of the show, and I want to make sure everybody knows uh, where to find you, how to get your book, and all those kinds of things. I know you've got a great website, Crown of uh, Glory Ministries, where you... Well, the one, the one that they can go to directly is um, the Crown of Glory Ministries website is for, um, it's actually like an international children's ministry, um, and so where they, the best place that they would find me is www.gpshope.org, and the GPS is Grieving Parents Sharing Hope. Wow, fantastic. And how do they get your book off of that, off of there? Um, well, right now it is um, it's being published in Morgan James, and it's not available in bookstores until July. But as the author, I now have them for sale, so they can contact me um, from the website and let me know, and I'll send them an order form. And then I also have a second book, Come Grieve Through Our Eyes, um, how to get give comfort and support to bereaved parents by taking a glimpse into our hidden dark world of grief, and they'll find oh, that like book that. on there also. And mm-hmm. that's a book... Um, it was just like people have to know how dark it is for us. People have to know why we're not the same. People need to know these lifelong things, why we can't get over it, mm-hmm. why these, these are lifelong issues. And so um, I wrote that book so that basically so grieving parents can hand it to someone and say, here, read this, and then come and talk to me mm-hmm. <laughs> about what I'm going through. Um, right. So that's, a, that's another book. And then I also have it's called From Ring Bearer to Paul Bearer. Ah. Mm. Um, and that one is only available through our website. We have a free membership, a free library, and you can access that book free, and that's the only way to get it. My sons were Paul Bear for their sister. My youngest uh-huh. son realized he was her ring bear at six years old, and at 16 was his sister's Paul oh Bear. Oh, my goodness. Wow. That gives me wow. chills. Oh, my goodness. So that book is kind of dealing with the siblings and the grandparents because oh, wow. grandparents have a double whammy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, to, to lose your grandchild and then you watch your child go through their grief is mm-hmm. just horrible. Yeah. So, right. Wow. Yeah. Right. And then we also have a Facebook page. So, <laughs> and that's GPS Hope, Grieving Parents Sharing Hope, so they can connect with us on Facebook also. Wonder- All right. Wonderful. Fantastic. Laura. 
Well, Laura, thanks so much for being on the show today. Uh, you're amazing, and I love all the things that you're doing. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you, Laura, and thank you so much for giving so many people hope after loss. Oh, thank you, Heidi. And Heidi and I always want to remind everyone that please visit us at opentohope.com. And also, if you've lost hope, please lean on ours until you find your own, and God bless. You've been listening to Open to Hope Radio, hosted by Drs. Gloria and Heidi Horsley. Like today's edition, all of our past programs are available on demand at opentohope.com, along with helpful articles, videos, resources, and links to help get you through the toughest time of your life. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Again, that's opentohope.com. Check it out today. Then be sure to stop by next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time when we'll be posting another edition of Open to Hope Radio. Remember, others have been where you are. They made it through, and you can too, as long as you're open to hope.